Welcome. This is Corinne Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. (sighs) Today, I'm talking about self-care capacity. When we think about capacity, that's one of my favorite terms to use, is I think about... (laughs) (laughs) I think about like cups and mugs because I'm a coffee drinker or I think about my hydro flasks because I like to fill up things once during the day or, you know, or not as frequently. So think about in terms of capacity, what is your capacity? So a coffee cup, maybe eight ounces, 12 ounces, maybe your 16 ounce. The hydro flask that I like to carry around is a 40 ounce. I like to fill those things up and then that way I have it easily accessible throughout the day. So when you think about your capacity today, my invitation for you is what is your self-care capacity? And for those of us who don't have a self-care practice, we don't need to beat ourselves up. Maybe you didn't believe that you were allowed to have one or that you couldn't ask for that or weren't able to take up space. That's okay. Meet yourself where you are right now in development. Maybe maybe you have like an espresso size capacity for self-care and that's okay. Start there and then build up. <laughs> I did all of a sudden go to the 40 ounce hydro flask in self-care capacity and there's still days I need reminders and I go, oh yes, I'm really tired or oh yes, this is really important to do and to give myself permission. So as I talk about self-care capacity today, you may notice some shame and maybe you'll think it's embarrassment like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. You're not doing it wrong. When, as my Angela says, when we know better, we do better. And that's our invitation. We can always learn and grow. So as we think about self-care capacity, one of the things that becomes an obstacle in getting in the way of it is we may not have a routine or some either a routine, a system, or a practice. You choose how you want to describe it, a routine, a system, or practice. I like practices. I also like systems. And like, what is the structure I need so that I can do it over and over again so I don't have to think about it so that I can ingrain it into a habit? What is that system that you need that works for you? Okay. And when we create this system, I'm going to call it a system. You can interchange it with routine or practice. When you create the system for you, it's your own unique system. It doesn't mean you have to start it from scratch or that it has to be only yours. Pick up somebody else's and practice with it and tweak it. Figure out what do you like? What do you hate? Right? And then tweak it. The reason that we want to have a routine is it helps reduce decision fatigue. We are constantly making decisions and all of us right now are exhausted from making decisions. Is this okay? Is this not okay? What do I do going out the door? What do I not do? How do I travel here? Right? We've been doing this for 18 months. And so our decision-making skill sets are fatigued. So by having a system, it allows our brain to go on autopilot, especially once we have it in our bones. For instance, if you go to the grocery store, 
when you get to pull out your car and you go to the grocery store, you're not thinking about, oh, I need to put my car into reverse to back out of the garage. And I need to, when I get to the street, turn right. And then I turn left. You don't think about those things. It just happens, right? You're in that automization. <laughs> we say it. You're in that automatic movement, right? That's what we want to get. And that's why systems and routines are so important. Athletes do this before they have a pre-meet ritual, what they'll do to warm up our pre-game ritual. And they do this and they automate it. And at times they may change it, right? Because they may evolve it or make it better, but they have a system. They have a pre-game ritual. So that can be another term, routine systems, practices, or rituals. Pick whichever term doesn't make you gag. And then you're like, okay, I actually like this one, or at least it doesn't make you gag. And then develop that. And then the other thing is, remember, you don't have to start from scratch, pick up somebody else's, right? And start using it. And third, give yourself permission. There's not a right way or a wrong way, right? We want to be able to think about what works for you. What's the way that works for you? The next thing is deciding ahead of time. This part's really important because again, it reduces that decision fatigue. So if you're trying to develop a a system and it's nine o'clock at night and you're tired and you've made all these decisions and you don't have any more capacity to make decisions, you have an espresso size capacity for self-care, you're probably setting yourself up to not get it done right? It's going to be unsuccessful. And then you're going to say, see, this doesn't even work for me. So why bother doing it? That is not when we want to be making these decisions, especially when we're developing a new skill and especially a skill set like self-care, because I believe self-care is really vulnerable because it means that you're saying, Hey, I matter. I'm going to put myself on the top of my list, which for a lot of us, especially as women, we've been culturally programmed that we need to be at the bottom of our list. We're like Cinderella and the stepmother all in one, right? It's like, you can actually do self-care once you have this list and this list and this list done. And let me just keep adding more stuff to your to-do list. So we're the stepmother and then we're Cinderella trying to accomplish. And our ball is self-care. And what we need to do is take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. But that becomes tricky because we've been culturally programmed a different way. So we want to be able to decide ahead of time and we want to do it from a rested place, right? And maybe hopefully you're clear and you have clarity. (laughs) And this is hopefully because you may not be totally there and that's okay. But make that decision from there versus a reactive place. Like I've, you know, where we get into that martyr position and you're so mad and you just come down hard either on those around you that you love or yourself. And then you become righteous or I become righteous. I'll just say it and say, this is what I'm going to do from now on. But you're doing it out of anger and madness. <laughs> and later on, you're like, oh, I'm really guilty. This is a bit indulgent, right? So we don't want to go to those extremes. So let's make the decision ahead of time. And they can be small decisions, right? A simple thing uh, like this is I started to realize that once it hit after nine o'clock, and if I were with my family, whether we're playing games or watching a television show, after nine o'clock, it was much more difficult to go and brush my teeth and wash my face and to put the lotion on. I was just too tired and it was easier to be like, I'm going to skip it or I'm going to go shorter. or I'm just not going to go through all the steps. And so I started to learn because I noticed, I observed what my behavior was and I didn't judge it. And I was like, oh yes, here I was not doing. And of course I know better. 
but I wasn't doing it. So then I started saying, okay, before we sit down to watch a show, before we sit down to play a game, knowing that it may go later, what do I need to do to take care of myself so that I can make sure I've taken care of myself so that I'm not neglecting myself at the end of the night? So that's a small example of making a decision ahead of time. And oftentimes we're going to make these decisions based on what did not work. So we're not allowed to beat ourselves up and be like, I'm an idiot. What's wrong with me? I didn't even see that. Or once again, you know, I don't do what I say I'm going to do. None of that is going to help you change the behavior and increase your self-care capacity. So make a decision from a rested place versus reactive. I learned this a long time ago. It's in the 90s. And I really like to read uh, Susie Orman books about personal finance. And one of the things that she said is she really reframed this idea of having a prenup, right? Because so often people thought, oh, a prenup, this is to protect you from, you know, when you get divorced and people say, well, how dare you think about divorce when we're getting married and you don't trust me or you're thinking of a way out. And her reframe was so beautiful. She said, when you're entering a marriage, you are at that time, probably the most in love with this person and you want the best for them. So that is the ideal time to make decisions. She didn't say this, but decisions ahead of time about how to end things and how to end things. Well, you're going to be your most generous self versus at the end of a marriage, when maybe you believe you've been betrayed or there's been lies or broken promises or whatever the stories may be, right? Whatever our circumstances may be. And I know me, I can be really vengeful, right? That part of Corinne, like Corinne, who can be vengeful, can come out. It's like, I'm going to take you down, right? Not that I want to act on that. So I've always loved that concept of, she said, is do a prenup from a place of love versus, and make those decisions ahead of time versus doing those reactively when you're in anger or pain or suffering. And that's the same thing about this, doing this from a place of love for you, not from guilt, not from anger, not from resentment, but a love for you of what do you need to do to take care of yourself? And again, when I'm talking about self-care, some of you may think, wow, Corinne's talking about brushing her teeth. That could be for those of us with small espresso sized self-care capacities. And there's other ones of being able to self-care and take whatever amount of time that you need to sleep, whether it's seven hours, eight hours, nine hours or more, and increasing that, whatever your self-care is, maybe for some of you, self-care is about getting a pedicure, right? And that's something that really fills you up. Maybe for some of you, it's about getting a massage. Maybe it's about exercising right? It could be about being alone with yourself, right? Especially with those of us who've had households of kids and families, especially over the last 18 months, 19 months, it could be journaling. So it could cost money self-care, or it could be free in terms of dollars, and it can be costly in time. So thinking about what does self-care look like for you? What is it that nourishes you, that fills you up? And some of you may not know what those ingredients are. And I know sometimes when people will ask me, so Corinne, how are, how are you in your self-care? And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> and I think about it, I'm like, well, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And then I ask them, I said, so what do you do for self-care? And it's great because I hear what their ideas are right? What works for them? And so, and recently, like this idea of a pedicure, manicure, somebody I was talking to, I can't remember who, 
they really love getting a pedicure. It's something that they just love. They love sitting in the chair. They love being taken care of. It's really delightful. For me, I'll do a pedicure. Maybe, you know, I did one recently, but before the pandemic, I would do one, you know, maybe once or twice a summer. And that was it. It's not something as joyful. And I've only, I haven't done it a whole bunch, but it's something I've done. But for me this summer, I was like, okay, I had a massage on vacation and I had a pedicure and afterwards I evaluated it and I decided that I'd rather have two massages. (laughs) So for me, that was a good learning lesson, right? If I'm on vacation and this is something I want to do, where would I rather spend my time and my money and my energy towards? That was for me. Self-care can also be reading a book. Self-care can be doing paint by numbers. Self-care can be doing a puzzle or Legos. There's so many different forms of self-care. For some of you, self-care may be cooking. (laughs) That is not self-care for me. That is a nightmare. But I'm starting to open my brain a bit about it again. So deciding ahead of time, coming up with a list, what are the ingredients of self-care for you? And doing this from a rested place, a place of loving yourself and loving others, not reactive, not in spite of, or, you know, because you're so mad of other people taking advantage of you, but about you taking care of you. And then the third component of self-care capacity is noticing the AM and the PM. And so for me, through my 20s, I had this huge story that I was a night owl and I was more productive at night. And I think what happened back then was there just really wasn't a whole lot of going on and I couldn't really have a whole lot of FOMO between the hours of midnight and three. And so I was able to really focus. Think about it. When I was in my 20s or in college years, there was barely internet. AOL took forever in my 20s. And in college, there you know there weren't distractions. So that was like at that point, the world kind of got quiet because I didn't have the structure and the know-how to have the boundaries to be quiet. And so I, was, I would get productive at that time. So I don't know if I'm truly a night person or it was something that was driven out of FOMO. But what I do know now is I have transitioned more to I am that person that wakes up at 530 in the morning. I'm still not willing to embrace I'm a morning person, but I do realize, and I've noticed for myself is that I have more capacity in the morning to make decisions than I do at night. And so when you're fresh and ready to go, maybe for some of you, it's at night, maybe it's middle of the day, know when that is for you. When you're fresh and ready to go, make those decisions ahead of time versus at night for me, when I'm exhausted, right? And I don't want to, you know, prep for bed. Like I said earlier, what I'll do is before I sit down, I will take care of myself so that that way I can watch TV and make it the simplest possible thing for me to get into bed. In the AM, what are the decisions or when you are the freshest? So for me, it's the AM. What are the decisions you can make to support you when you're empty later on in the day? You know, how to get there is by asking yourself and answering, you answering these questions. And if you need help with the accountability, tag me on social media, on Instagram, send us an email at hello at how she really does it. But what do you need to believe about yourself in order to make these decisions to support your self-care capacity? Some examples can be, I get to be on my list 
or putting myself on my list allows me to take care of others. I realize one of the obstacles that so many of us have is, oh, it's selfish to do self-care. It's indulgent. Who am I to do that? I'll be able to do that later. I don't have time, right? But what I've learned myself and my clients have learned is that putting ourselves on our list actually allows us to take care of others. But man, oh man, is that cultural programming really, really hard that we deal with because we're constantly inundated with, you need to be a good mom. You need to be a good wife. You need to be a good friend. You need to take care of others. Don't put yourself first, right? So how do we do that? We have to believe that putting yourself on our list allows us to take care of others and then go test it out. It's going to be vulnerable and it will be scary and that's okay. Test it out. Brene Brown says that we can't give what we don't have. And I've been saying that now for over 10 years. And still there are times that I find myself sacrificing myself for others. And I have to remind myself, come on back, Corinne, come on back here. Another belief you can believe is I must fill myself up before I fill up others and reminding ourselves that it's okay, giving ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. And then in the PM for me, or when you are at your less capacity, what does support look like, right? Maybe it's having things out that are easily accessible. And that may be a struggle because maybe you don't like things to be on the counter, the bathroom counter, right? Maybe you don't like things out there, but if it's put away, does that actually hinder you remembering to use it or to use it because you're like, oh, I've got to dig through all this stuff. So making things easily accessible, it may also mean that when you are more rested and you have time is cleaning out some of the stuff so that it is easier to access the things that you need to take care of yourself. Maybe self-care for you is foam rolling. I did a lot of foam rolling, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm going to return back to it, but having that foam roller in a place that's easily accessible, that's rememberable, you know, creating done for you routines right? Like, so again, when I talk about the foam rolling, there are these videos that I would watch because then I didn't have to think about, oh, here, you're going to roll out here, here, you're going to roll out there. So I have these routines that I would follow because it was just done for me. Love that, right? The other is keep it really simple. I am the queen of making things complicated because there's still that internal programming of, oh, more is better. Do this, do that, right? keeping it simple because we want it to be sustainable. And then the other part is also giving yourself the permission that you don't have to do it perfectly. And it's not about, oh, I must do it. It's all or nothing. I must do it every day or I failed. Sometimes we forget. And what can we learn from that? What support do we need? And never to beat ourselves up. Compassion is the biggest motivator for change. And that's why it's so important to not beat ourselves up. And we're so good at it. The world has helped support it. We're culturally programmed. It's really expected of us, especially us as women, because we can't be too big for our britches. We can't be fan, you know, don't get too big. Don't get too much. But instead of beating ourselves up, we want to look at what's working well, what can be improved. And my friend, this is all an invitation It's not a should, it's not a supposed to. We live in a world where there's already tremendous judgment and shame. And the path to self-care 
and taking care of ourselves is through observation and compassion and learning. I'm going to say that again. The path to self-care and taking care of ourselves is through observation and compassion and learning. Another way to say it is growth mindset. (laughs) So we want to observe what's working. You know, how does it feel for us? Does this fill this up? Does it not? Have the compassion. We don't beat ourselves up and go, I'm an idiot. I can't believe I didn't do that. Or, you know, I can't believe I did that and it didn't work. We learn. We're going to learn what works, what doesn't work. And here's the thing. What may have worked for you last summer or a year ago may not work today. If you heard me say like in the beginning of the pandemic, probably the first nine months, I was a huge foam roller. I did in the morning, I did in the evening. I love doing it. And then it's something that's I've fallen out of practice with. And I would think about it and I wouldn't do it. And it's okay. And I found other things, right? And I'm returning back to it because there's things that I love about it. So we can create new practices. I mean, one of the things that I'm now creating is because I'm an empty nester is this whole idea of Sunday evenings, right? I have this space because I'm an empty nester. My husband's usually off playing D and D with his buddies. And so I have this time and I go and I take a bath and I've never been a bath person. In fact, when we remodel our house, I made them take the tub out of the master bathroom because I'm like, why would you have a tub? And instead I had them build this giant shower. So I don't have a tub in the master bathroom, but I may have to do a remodel because I'm starting to like doing baths and I put some Epsom salt in there. I watch a television show. I'm deep conditioning my hair. It's all quite lovely, right? And that's been my new Sunday thing of taking care of myself and preparing myself for the week. That is something that... 10 years ago, didn't even have the capacity. I was learning probably 10 years ago to not work on a Sunday evening because I used to do a lot of work on Sunday evenings. And I remember learning to stop working on Sundays and that took skill sets and practices. And now I'm in the space of where I'm taking a bath and taking care of myself, you know, in the late afternoon and keep giving myself that space of, you know, not doing anything socially or work-wise on, and sometimes that may happen from time to time, but that's my ongoing practice. That's my Sunday. And I'm so excited. I look forward to the Sundays about that. And remember, I'm an empty nester now. It's the first time in 28 years that I'm an empty nester. So I'm enjoying that space. So 18 months ago, what I did was I foam rolled. Now what I'm doing is I'm taking a bath on Sundays and my plan next Sunday is to give myself a facial as well. This is going to be an experiment. I'm going to learn, right? So we want to have observation, compassion, and learning. And when we learn and understand, and the key is without judgment, right? That is how we cultivate self-care capacity. And remember, we want to think about it in the morning when you can make your best decisions for yourself and set yourself up so that when you have less self-care capacity, you have routines or systems in place to make it easy for you and make it as good as done. All right, my friend, I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts 
in television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so.